0: You are listening to Healing the City podcast. The following podcast is a conversation between Pastor Eric and Pastor Mark about egalitarianism and complementarianism. This is not a rehashing of the debate or even answers to what you should think, but more how do we apply the gospel and think differently about these categories and what are the dangers of holding ardently to an egalitarian view or a complementarian view. hope you enjoy the podcast.
1: Welcome to Healing the City Podcast. My name is Mark. I am a pastor at the Village Church in Tucson, Arizona. And with me is Eric, also a pastor at the Village Church in Tucson, Arizona. Hey Eric. Yes. Hi. How are you? Good, good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Just got out of one podcast, yeah, headed right into
0: another
1: podcast. Yeah. Just... I was
0: I was like in the waiting room. Yeah, you were in the waiting room. <laughs> you were in the green room. Yeah, we didn't provide you with any
1: jelly beans, though. No, I yeah, jelly beans would have been nice. Yeah. So, um,
0: today we are talking about... I, I want to talk a little bit about men, women, the role in the church. Yeah, um, big it, topic. It is a big topic. Uh, I, I want to talk about it for a couple reasons, and then I hope that you'll just stop me and ask questions. Great. Um, but I, uh, if, if you know me at all you know this is a big deal to me and I spent a lot of time thinking it through um and in in a lot of ways it's a big deal in our church um, because we have women teach periodically we have women in leadership um and we're always talking about marriage and the roles of men and women and all those kinds of things it's a big part of things and so I want to talk about it um for a couple reasons one uh because I don't think a lot of people know the conversation really um but if you go to YouTube, it's all over YouTube. It's like, all it's over. a big deal. There's even this guy named Mike Winger who put out a podcast, or not a podcast, but a like seven-part series on men and women examining the two positions that sort of supposedly are out there, egalitarian and complementarian. The two most popular most positions. Most popular positions. Yeah. And now they have, like, I am a complementarian 1.0. I'm a complementarian right, right. 2.0. Yep. All these different things. Um which I don't know if everybody at the village is even concerned about. But what I wanted to talk about is that I think both of these positions, egalitarian, um, which means in its most simple form that men and women are equal before God and that they can share all the roles together yes, um, equally. The Where,
1: roles being the roles that you serve in church. And so, in marriage, yeah. Elder, deacon. Yes. Uh, yeah,
0: Pastor, yeah. pastor. Yeah, all those kinds of things Um, but these two positions uh, are considered uh, biblical positions positions that are not outside of orthodoxy Um, if you're more a conservative person let's just say in the way that you read scripture you might lean more towards a complementarian and when I say if you're a little bit more liberal in the way you read I don't mean it in the the traditional way I just think in the way that you
1: live out your life let's say yeah. Um so explain so you you in a very simple way oh, explained I explain, egalitarian yeah. but you I didn't explain complementary. In
0: a very simple way is that the men and women are equal before God but that they um practice different roles. They're they're given different roles um yeah. in in both marriage and the church. Um so and and there is scripture like so scripture Seems to speak to both of these yep. positions. And usually both positions, um, the people who hold these in some uh, strong fashion have trouble seeing the other's position and seeing how they can see that in scripture. What my concern is, in all of this, as we talk about men and women and we hold these different positions is that both of them are very dangerous. Hmm. And so I've been working with this and I, I don't know how this is. I, this is more to create conversation, than it is to um, say I hold a different position. Because I've actually been searching for a new word and a new way of talking about men and women. Because I don't think these two categories are helpful.
1: So you're saying that if you sort of the idea that if you hold one or the other and you can't see the other yes. in scripture, then that it's sort of a dangerous place to be.
0: Yeah. I, will, I, I would say that if you're somebody who says women cannot be elders and cannot teach and you hold to a strong biblical position in that and you are going to argue pretty fiercely that that's what the Bible says, there's some dangerous um, outcomes. And if you're someone who says no, women can teach and women can be elders and you're going to really ardently hold to some biblical positions on that, there's some dangers to that. Okay. And I want to talk about those because what I think we don't... We, sometimes from the complementarian position, they say that, you know, it's the arguments that people make for women being teachers and elders um, creates a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. But what we don't realize is that, and I think there's some truth to that, um, what we don't realize is that the other position holds a slippery slope that needs to be as guarded against, and we need to guard against both of those. And I think it makes our understanding of women, actually on both sides, kind of one-dimensional. yeah, And men. yeah. And so I want to just kind of begin this process of talking about it. Um, and maybe I'm going to talk about it a little bit more philosophically. And then later on we can work our way through the debates. But here's what uh, you find in the debate, just to be clear. Um, is that in a debate, it turns out to be just equal. No one ends up winning. Yeah. Right, there is no clear There's w- not really a,
1: conset, a way to con- concede, oh, yeah, you, okay, I see, like, you, you very, you almost never come across a debate. And there's, there are, I've, I've seen you, I've walked in on you on YouTube watching yes. the, the most random people yes. talk about this. Yes. And almost never do you get to a place where the person says, okay, I see your point of view and i i just, i've decided i agree with you yeah yeah
0: that that's not going to happen and that doesn't happen on any position all things are relational and i think that's the thing that we need to play out but so i i think so far where i'm at is that the way we understand men and women and the way paul who makes some of the stronger arguments for all of this in the new testament for how we would look at men and women is very much in the context of a culture yeah and he, he, so he's he's thinking missionally. Um, and so what he believes is to take the existing context and turn it upside down with the gospel by counterintuitively messing with the actual structures. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we're called to do as we think about the role of men and women. And in fact, I don't think we should be saying women can't be elders or women can be elders. Women can't teach or women can teach Women can't do Men can only do that. We need to think, what is the gospel kind of encouraging us to do in the context of culture and turning upside down our understanding of men and women? So when I talk about slippery slope, what we've seen, and it's very clear that on the side of the egalitarians, so people who believe that men and women can serve in the church and in marriage equally and the same, like not the same, but their roles are the same. Right. Um, they do sometimes, though I don't think it's needed, lean very heavily on, on cultural conversations, right? Yeah. Especially once they get into the New Testament.
1: Yeah. And to be clear, I think that when, when you get into these arguments and even into the kind of the slippery slope idea on both sides, every almost everyone, when you're talking about these, these topics, mm-hmm. they're going to Paul. Yes. They're all going they're to Paul. All, it's almost all in the context of what does Paul say? and both of them build arguments out of paul they they build them out of paul
0: in the first three chapters of genesis yeah yeah this is where we're going yeah yeah um what happens is yes and when you do that the the fear when they're talking about slippery slope they're talking about gender fluidity they're talking about affirming gay marriage and 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 same-sex relationships They're saying that you can use the same, I'm going to use a hermeneutic word to, uh, and that word just simply means the way we're going to interpret scripture to justify same-sex marriage and those things.
1: So if you use a cultural context to explain what Paul was talking about with women, Mm -hmm. then you will use that same cultural context to talk about
0: what Paul was talking about with homosexuality and et cetera. Um, Now, all interpreters use cultural context because it's necessary the question becomes at what level do you like what um level of importance do you give it right? yeah so what is found in both positions is that the more complex the conversation paul is having the more people seem to lean on cultural context right so complementarians tend to lean heavily on cultural context for uh passages in col- or in first corinthians well wow. Egalitarians tend to lean heavily on cultural context for for 1 Timothy 2 and and 3. So these are, are, you know, or language. So, you know, the egalitarian position tends to really rest heavily on the way things are interpreted in language. And that can also happen in the same sex conversation. So that's a slippery slope that egalitarians are people who are thinking about men and women and their roles as they can share in all the offices of the church they're having to wrestle with that but there's another slippery slope that nobody talks about and it gets brushed aside and i think it's dangerous on the complementarian side of things and that is that they get so wrapped up in the roles of men and women that women tend to get silenced and women's experience of things is given secondary importance even though they say it's not and they, it, scripture is just is used to justify if not violence uh, a, a very a, a disregard for women Yep. and and so that's a slippery slope of which it's hard for complementarians to acknowledge that that theology moves is is has a slippery slope that they could slide down they don't see it as a a, a slippery slope but it is and i think What happens is both sides look at the other and say, there's a slippery slope that's super dangerous. In fact, I heard one egalitarian say, I'd rather be coping before God and have him say, you gave too much freedom to women than for him to look at me and say, why did you not give freedom to women when I created them the way I have and called them Mm -hmm. to be, right? So you see that there's this. You know, kind of disdain on that side for what's happening on the complementarian side. That that fear of that slippery slope of, of, of really imprisoning women. I want to. I, I think for me, um, as I thought about things, I think there's got to be another way to have this conversation.
1: It it does feel like there's got to have there's got to be another word. There has to be another that word we can use, and and, and so, it's not even necessarily building on another word so much as just kind of
0: what another way of articulating
1: another way of talking
0: about this so some of the things that um, and here's where I'm going to be I I, I think that when it comes to understanding men and women and what their calling is it's not universal Hmm. I actually think there are spaces where men and women like women shouldn't be holding office of elder or teaching and in other contexts is where they should be um and maybe men, even less in that spot, right that that there's God has callings on particular communities, and that I think the first thing that has to be understood is that neither of these interpretations of scripture come to the level of first priority, yeah, but they do have a influence on how we are missionaries, yeah, and how we are caring for our brothers and sisters. Yeah. So if we're in a culture of people who really hold a more traditional view of marriage of marriage structures, then then I think we have to honor that and live in that and see how does the gospel come to light there, and how do we guard against the slippery slope of, of that traditional space? Um, and and I would argue vice versa. But I think one of the ways to talk about it that came up last night with my wife is that I came up with this word of mutuality. Hmm. I believe in I, I, that there is that we are mutual that God created I was reading Genesis one and again and it's very clear that this is mutual like it's not it, it, he created it says he created him male and female he created them. And then he go, Then it goes on to give this instruction um, in Genesis 1 about here's what you're supposed to do. Be fruitful. Go subdue the earth. Like there's these edicts, right, that we're called into. And we're called to do them together mutually. Hmm. When you get to the second chapter, it says no matter how you translate Genesis uh, 2, when Eve is created, you want the rib. You want the side you want for some of us who believe we literally cut him in half it doesn't matter he didn't come from, eve does not come from the head and eve does not come from the foot eve comes from the side and yeah eve is created for for um, adam but adam is for eve and they're now side by side so however we do this and however we understand things there's this mutuality of of uh, image bearing that has to be the oversight on whatever we decide, you know, however we're going to practice community together, there's this honoring of mutuality. And that's a big deal. And we should be guarding each other no matter what view we believe in or how we practice that that's the thing we're, we're fighting for um, is a mutuality of image bearers. It It sounds to me like you're asking for some more
1: difficult conversations. Yeah especially as people who kind of, I I lean towards one side or the other and I'm interacting with someone who leans towards the other side, then those, those people coming into conversation are going to be in, in a very difficult place to begin to talk about how do we engage together in the mission? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I think it's also one of those things is that one of the things Rod always talked about, I think it's really important is this idea that uh, we hold each other to the principles we we proclaim so if you're somebody who is like is an egalitarian quote-unquote uh somebody who really believes in women having space in the church and and living seeing their calling as something to the whole church then and if you're not acting on that and engaging that then people need to hold you accountable to that and vice versa. In in the context of your marriage, if you're if if that's not something you're promoting, but you keep talking about it as if you are, then people think there's an inconsistency there. But I also think the same thing, in um, the other way around is that we can call people like if you really believe that women have a particular thing to offer, and, it's, and that it, it doesn't, and it's about roles, then really calling people to live in those roles is important. But the other thing I think is this is all about the gospel. Yeah. And you know, when I think about Ephesians chapter 5 where you know where it talks about the structure of the of the family and basically the house because it talks about children and slaves. That Paul looks at the Roman family structure and no matter how you believe what you believe about that particular passage, he infuses the gospel into it because he says that we're supposed to submit to one another. And then he says Women like you know, like what submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. So he changes it because submission for women is something they have to do anyway in the yeah. Roman culture. But he's like, you're not submitting to your husband. Yeah, you're submitting to the Lord, which means you're submitting to your husband. So you know, like you do it in the context of God. And then he says to men who are, you know, usually the one who has all the rule and all the power in the Roman family. Oh no no no, you are no longer the Lord. And in fact, he compares them to Jesus, but he says, you're her savior. You're her servant. You're the rescuer of her. He changes the role. He infuses the gospel into the existing thing. So that Roman man still walks out into the world and everyone says, you're in charge. But when they see the man in charge, laying his life down for the woman and see her in response serving, you don't, there's a mutuality there. It changes the entire perspective. And how you understand roles yeah. doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. And that's a beautiful conversation because we don't have to talk about roles. Well, this is the role of the woman and role. No, all of a sudden, the way we interact is all under the Lord. And we would never argue that a woman shouldn't lay her life down for her husband. So we're now we're just really de- dealing with servanthood and marriage. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's what so much of the early church is about yes is is how do we how do we know how to care for one another right How do we know how to care for our brothers and sisters in Christ? and I and think
0: that's my frustration with this conversation is and I know this comes into leadership and can women teach and and there are particular yeah. passages we have to wrestle with and elders and stuff, but at the same time, this is all about servanthood, yeah, if the conversation doesn't start with servanthood, yeah. And the question you have to ask every single person in the context of the church, because we're brothers and sisters and we are called to submit, how are you submitting to your brothers and sisters? It's a big deal.
1: And I think that the the thing in in the first Timothy passage is that there's these women who are taking on these roles of teaching and they're doing it poorly. Mm -hmm. And he's saying they should not teach. And on both sides – whether you're complementarian or egalitarian, everyone agrees they shouldn't be teaching like, because they're not caring for others. Right. They're
0: not caring for the people they're taking on something that they shouldn't. Be. Yeah. And um, that's a big deal. Like how are you serving and loving yeah. one another? And yeah. I think, I think what happens in a lot of debates in the church and forget men and women, we can come up with a lot of different ones. It, there's anger. Yeah. Um, because, what happens is we feel really uncomfortable inside. Um, And honestly, being someone who's relatively familiar with the debate in particular between men and women and egalitarian complementarian, I can pretty much tear apart anybody's argument for either side. Um, And they all have their talking points and they all say the same thing and nothing new is going to come all is going to happen is you're gonna build circumstantial evidence and new research and new maybe some discoveries about the role of women in the first century, but you're not gonna you know, you're not gonna get there. And yeah. so how do how do we look at caring for each other and respecting one another's reading of scripture and the text and really being gentle with one another in that process? Yeah. Um so what does that mean? Well, it actually means that if God's called you to a church where women are, are teaching and maybe have authority and eldership, I actually invite you to submit. And if you're a woman or a man who really holds on to an egalitarian position, but you, God has called you to a church that holds a more complementary structure, don't go away. Don't leave and say, I don't belong here. No, submit to the place that you're called. And serve as a gospel person. I think that's the thing. <laughs> I think that's what this is about. And I, 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 I do think um, that really the words we use, egalitarian, complementarian, are bad words. And I know some of you are like tuned out long after this because this is a special conversation. <laughs> but it, it, but the whole Bible is about yeah. men and women having relationships together. Yeah, and we have to we have to figure out how to have relationships together, yeah. and it's an ongoing conversation. <laughs> You know, and Well, and
1: everything in Ephesians, even when you're talking about mutual submission, everything in Ephesians is about how can we be one as the church. Yes. And how can we get rid of dissension and
0: factions and yes. and be willing to be in relationship. Yes. The unity of the church is very, yeah. very important. Yeah. Um, yes. And so I, I think one of the – but I do want to dispel a myth that if you're a complementarian, you are not someone – who is down on women and judgmental and trying to put them under your thumb. Yeah. And if you're an egalitarian, you are not someone who's weak on gender and the understanding of difference and are just a few steps away from being a a promoter of, of, you know, same sex marriage and and gay marriage and gay relationships and the justification of that from scripture. You can hold
1: these positions without kind of going off Yes. Whatever edge there is. I really don't like the word slippery slope. It really bugs me. But there is like an an an, edge. There is an edge to those. And you can hold those positions really well without kind of
0: going off either way. Right. It's an interesting interesting debate. But really the question is we know that women have struggled to have space in our culture. Yeah. No matter what position you believe in and how you think women and men should operate We are as men and women to be defenders of our daughters and our mothers and to lift them up and to to encourage them to express their spiritual gifts and to celebrate their spiritual gifts in whatever context our community feels God is calling us to. And we have to not come down on a final space on this. We just need to keep listening to the Holy Spirit and listening to the conversation yeah so that's that's where I'm at on this and and may you know this may stir up a ton of questions or people disagreeing with me and and you can come to me and we can talk this out um I'm happy to do that, but i I really like this word mutuality and how do we act live in mutuality together? yeah, and I haven't done a lot of studying the word of mutuality, so i'm this is just putting it out there so if you're like hey, I like that word I'm gonna start doing some work on it. good, do that Great. for me. <laughs> let's talk about it yeah let's talk about it all right that's just been on my mind so i had to talk about it that's good all right thanks eric yeah and hey it's healing the city at gmail.com you can email us questions yes comments or responses